Hey, you may have a seat, New Life, and man, it is uh, my pleasure. Uh, I get to introduce to you our guest speaker this morning as Troy is out of town. We've got Tavares Taylor that is with us. Man, he spoke in first service, and let me tell you what, you're going to be blessed. Uh, man, it, I am so excited for him. Um, Tavares is an uh, experienced international businessman. Um, he is also uh, a higher education, oh, come on over, man, uh, professional. Uh, he is, I believe I got this right, the assistant vice president yes. of intercultural life at MVNU. And I've got to hear him many times at chapel and just working with students. And I can see and I know he has a heart for the Lord. He has a heart for his family and has a heart for leading people further and deeper in God's kingdom. So Tavares, man, share with us. Thank you. We're so excited. Much. Thanks, bud. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I am very, very, very happy to be with you all this morning. It was good to be at the 9 a.m. service. And I'm happy to be here at the 1015 service. I had to get my times in order because I was speaking at a church recently and the service was 9, 11, and 1. And so I thought that that was going to be the times for the day, but I have to shorten this message up a little bit. So it's just fine. I can do that. But I, I've never, today was my first time here at New Life, but it really doesn't feel like it because I have seen so many uh, familiar, familiar faces. I even see some of my students. It's good to see Everybody, uh, this is good. There's a lot of people I know in here. Okay, <laughs> let me pull up a couch and get comfortable. All right. Well, look, we're, we're, we're going to go directly into God's word. For God's word is light, and it is life. And so, let's go to the book of John. John, twelfth chapter. The 14th through the 16th verse says these words, Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid. Daughter Zion, see your king is coming. Seated. On a donkey's colt. Do not be afraid. Today I want to preach from the subject called the crooked path. The crooked path. In these last few days, several weeks at this point, we have gone through what the Christian calendar will call Lent. And Lent is a great time of sacrifice. But in addition to it being a time of sacrifice, it is a time of reconciliation. It is a time where we get to know God at a deeper level by separating ourselves for certain things that entrap us and that pull us out of the knowledge and the fullness of who he is. It is a time where we reconcile with God in ways that are unique, but also needed. And as we look at our world, and as we look at our society, and we look at everything going on around us, we realize more and more the importance of reconciliation. Our world needs reconciliation. 
Our society needs reconciliation. Our school needs reconciliation. All around us in our homes, in our families, reconciliation is needed. But I want to explore something with you on today as we begin to close out the season of Lent and enter into this Holy Week. I want to explore the possibility of reconciling with the journey that God has you on. The journey that God has you on. Okay, I'm going to get in trouble. They told me to stay in this white box here. <laughs> and if you've ever heard me preach, you know I'm not a white box type of person. <laughs> so we're going to work it out. Okay? So... If Jesus don't fix it, it's not going to get fixed today. <laughs> okay, so what I was saying is I, I want to explore this option of reconciliation with you, that you explore reconciling yourself with the path that God has you on. You see, the thing about it is we journey with God in faith. It is a very individualistic journey. Oh, yes. There are corporate opportunities for us to worship together, for us to study together, for us to be together, for us to be in the community together. But at the end of the day, the reality is the journey that you are on, it is a journey of one, you and God. Because nobody else has to feel the pains you have to feel. Oh, they may walk with you in them, but they don't, they don't understand the fullness of the struggles that you have to endure. They don't understand the fullness of the tears that sometimes you have to cry. They don't understand the fullness of the anxiety sometimes that you go through on your own. So yes, we are in community with one another, but the pain, the struggle, the highs, the low, the moments, the good, the bad, oh, that's felt by one. Sorry, sweetie. That's, I, I do get loud, I get very excited. It's the 11 o'clock service and you all have good energy. So I'm just, feel, I feel that and I'm going to go with that, all right? That is felt by one and that is felt by you because you have to deal with the struggles. You have to deal with the pains. You understand the dark nights. You understand and you have to go on a journey and sometimes the journey is good. Sometimes the journey is bad. Sometimes there's ups. Sometimes there's downs. Sometimes you're level to the ground. Sometimes you don't know exactly what's getting ready to happen. And I'm calling you today to reconcile with God about all of that. To come to an understanding that this is the path that God has me on. And it's not perfect. But it's me and it's here. Here we are. In this particular passage of scripture. Preparing for one of the four of the Jewish festivals. Which could probably be one of the more important. The feast, the time of Passover. And here we are now in this particular text. We're in the 10th day of the month of Passover. On the 10th day, it represents something. The importance of the 10th day of during this time, it is when they make the selection for the lamb that will be slaughtered. You see, the understanding, Passover 
is an opportunity of celebration and sacrifice. For one, we celebrate what God did in the liberation of the Jews. But it's sacrifice because it was by the blood of lambs that blood was placed on the door. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. So on the 10th day of the month of Passover, a lamb would be selected to be able to be slaughtered, to be for blood to be placed on the door. And on this 10th day, Jesus is walking in. Josephus says that around that time, a census was taken. And during that time, it was probably two Hundred over 200,000, 265,000 lambs that would have been going and going and being carried up to Jerusalem. So it's possible that as Jesus is traveling into Jerusalem, he is surrounded by lambs. He is a lamb in the middle of lambs. Excuse me, he is the lamb in the middle of lambs. And he is the lamb who would ultimately be chosen not to appease God's anger, but to wipe away the sins of the very earth. Jesus, thank you. I like that. If we get another amen, I may feel it here. Um, Jesus now is walking into Jerusalem. And as he's walking into Jerusalem, excitement is beginning to go forth because during this period of time, the Jewish people were under the thumb and under the pressure of Roman rule. And here now, Jesus has all the characteristics of a Messiah. A Messiah that would come as a political and national savior to deliver the people out of Roman rule. So the excitement is building because this man looks like him. And it looks like this man could just be the person who we need to deliver us from the oppression of Roman rule. So excitement is building, excitement is building, excitement is building. And they begin to pull out palms. The thing about palms is because of the altitude of where Jerusalem is, palms were not necessarily created or made or grown in that place. So they had to bring palms. And the palm, the palm and the palm tree is a representation of Jewish nationalism. It is for the equivalent of what would be for us our, our, goal, our, our eagle or our American flag. They will go on later on to put the palm tree on coins that represented the, the Jewish people during that time for their particular currency. So they're waving the palms. They're waving the palms as a sign of victory. What is the victory? That we are getting ready to leave the oppression of the Roman people. They wave their palms and they declare these words, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna is not just words, not just a saying nor a praise, but it is a request 
For Hosanna means God save us, save us. So they wave their palms in victory and they're saying save us, save us, save us, save us. Because here now is Jesus and he looks like exactly what we need. Jesus. The supposed national savior, the supposed political savior, does something a little counterproductive. He selects a mode of transportation to ride into Jerusalem. Well, if it's going to be a political savior, what are you expecting? A great chariot. A great white horse. Something that speaks of the grandiose of the occasion. But Jesus, he don't go get no chariot. He doesn't go get the white horse. He goes and gets a character from a Shrek movie. I'm going to tell y'all this story real quick. So, um, I just got comfortable real quick. I told you I'm going to pull up a couch. My wife, we, we, we were, um, I didn't always like Shrek. And, and I, didn't, I didn't know because I was like, really, this is not my job. This is just not my thing. And I had the opportunity a few years ago for living out of the country to, to learn Spanish. You don't enjoy Shrek till you listen to it in Spanish. They say some things in there that really can get a word, am I right? They say some things inside of the Shrek Spanish version that you really shouldn't say. But it was absolutely wonderful. And I'm like, this. so Jesus, you choose donkey to be your profile and your mode of transportation, and you're supposed to be saving the whole world and the whole country and supposed to be this great political savior. You don't look like it. This is not buying great confidence in your great leadership. And he gets on the donkey. It's counterproductive to people, but the thing about it is it had already been foreseen that he would mount, that the Messiah would mount the donkey. And the reason that he couldn't have got a chariot and the reason that he couldn't have got a white horse because Jesus could get one. He easily could find one. But the thing about it is the donkey represented the way in which he would account and the way in which he would tackle the issue of freedom for the people because him getting a donkey versus mounting a chariot represented the peace in which he wanted to bring. Jesus was not coming in war. He was not coming in war in traditional terms, but Jesus would be coming to a method of freedom that would come through the avenue of peace. So he mounts the donkey. Everybody's excited. Hosanna, Hosanna, save us. They're waving the national flag. They're waving the banner. They're waving the banner. Everything is going great until it's not. Because Jesus' first thing you almost lost us at the donkey. Second thing, as good as this looks, we expected more from you. How do we expect more from you? Because everything that you're saying doesn't sound like a political savior. Everything that you're saying doesn't sound like a national savior. Everything that you're saying does not sound like it will appease myself interest. 
how oftentimes is God trying to do things in our life and move in our life and do and train and move us to the next direction. And it does not look like what we think it should be, look like. It's not coming through the mode of transportation in which we desire. We see it all through Scripture. You tell me, why is it that the three Hebrew boys even had to enter into the fiery furnace? Why is it that the children of Israel even had to encounter the Red Sea and the Egyptians? Why is it that Daniel had to even go into the lion's den? Why is it that, um, what was the last one that I had ready for y'all? Why is it that Joseph had to go into the pit and then go to the prison to be able to arrive to the palace? Here's the thing about it. We like the destination. We don't like the mode of transportation. Oh, we'll take, oh, you got destiny for me, God. You've got a purpose for me, God. You've got something you want to do in my life. Oh, that's great. But you want me to go like this? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We want Jesus to drive in on a Cadillac and he drives in on a donkey and you get mad. But here's the thing about it. What if the way you envision it only gets you so far? Because here's the thing. Jesus, if he would have done which he could have done of just solely liberating the Jewish people, then what about the liberation for the entire world? You see, Jesus, while we think about ourselves as individual, Jesus thinks about the corporate. Jesus' agenda is in mind. What he wants to do, what he wants to get done, the way he sees it. And he'll use certain things as an avenue. And he does care about you. And he will not let you down. But here is the truth of the matter is, sometimes the miracle will not always look like the miracle. Sometimes the miracle will look messy and the miracle and the pastor's hood will look crooked. Oh, won't it look crooked? Because things will be going exactly how you want it to go, and everything will be doing good, and you'll be living in the confounds of your little white box, and all these things will be going on. And at the same time, when all of that is going on, Jesus comes along and says, oh, oh, no, it's not like that. No, no, not like that. No. And Jesus, the anxiety, the depression... The frustration that comes at the end of the day when things don't look comfortable for me. But I come to tell you on today, he cares so little about your comfort and cares everything about your call. And so he will disrupt your comfort. He will disrupt what looks comfortable for you. So at the end of the day, the call of God can rise up in a man or a woman that'll say, I can only go so far by myself. But with Jesus and his help and his support, there is no place I cannot go. You see, if we do it, the way you want to do it, you'll only go so far. But if you trust the crooked path, here's the thing that I found out about the crooked path, and this is why the box up, because I'm getting ready to get excited here. Here's the thing that I found out about the crooked path when I was reading Scripture, Barry. The thing about the crooked path is that the Scripture says, whoo, is that God goes before for us when the path is crooked and God makes the crooked path straight. Yeah. 
okay, here's the thing. Let me, whoo. all right, I'm trying not to do that because I'm really, 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 really getting excited here. Because you mean to tell me when things are not looking like I want them to, when things don't feel like I want them to, when it's not going and it does not match what God showed me, when it does not match what I saw from the beginning, when it does not match what I figured out in my heart, you mean to tell me when it looks bad, it's probably getting ready to look good? You mean to tell me when I go to the deepest valley, I'm getting ready to climb the absolute mountain? You mean to tell me when I feel lost, God is on the way to find me? Yes, because even before you start the journey, God is already on the other side of it. Even before you took the step, first step, God is already on the other side of it. He said before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was already slain. And you tell me if God can do that, which God? The God. Woo, hold on, let me slow down. I'm not slowing down. The same God who hung the stars, the same God who put the moon in place, the same God who put the world and made everything circle around. If he can do that, you can tell me he can't do this. This is already handled. What is this? This what you're dealing with, this what you're dealing with, this what you're dealing with, the pains you cry, the frustration, the tears, the worries, the anxieties, the depression, the pain, the frustration, all of it handled. The issue comes in is when God does not handle it how you want him to handle it. When it does not look like what you want it to look like. When it's taking longer than you anticipated it taking. Here is where the issue lies. Can you still trust the path even when it's crooked? Can, can you still trust the path even when it's going wayward? Can you still trust the path that when you pray, and here it is, the thing about the path, it starts with prayer and ends with prayer. And sometimes we've diminished the power of prayer, but then someone once told me if we really understood the power of prayer, we would live on our knees. Because here's the thing about it. When we pray for a thing, we release it to God. And we say, God, it is no longer in our power for us to be able to handle it. But here you are, the one who created the moon, the stars, the earth, and you created me so I release it to you now you do what you want to do with it and you leave it alone oh but here's the hard part it's hard for us to leave it alone so what the so the path will be crooked and we won't realize because we'll be trying to create and build bricks and do all this stuff, and it'll take you a thousand years to get it done. I was in Columbia recently with my wife, and um, I was at a conference, and it started raining. Well, the systems of um, to get rid of the the, the, the rain is, is that those filtration systems are not as much as in place. So it rains a little bit, and it gets flooded. Okay, it was flooded pretty bad. So here they are. They had built. Well, the, the, the buses had left us. I don't know why the buses left. I'm, I'm really still trying to figure that out. How you leave? I'm like, we're here. We're here where you are, and you leave us? So the buses leave. <laughs> and 
And everybody's trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Like, how are we going to get across? And they had built these, they, they were getting to, to figure out all these things, calling the buses back. Everybody's getting mad. And gentlemen there begin to build a ramp out of rocks and wood. They begin to build ramps. And everybody's like, no, don't do that. Just wait. That's wait. Just wait. And one gentleman said, we're not waiting on you. And we're not waiting on your bus. Y'all need to come on because if you don't, you're going to flood. So you come on and let's go. And they build this unstable. And I'm going to be honest with you. My faith wasn't in place because I'm a big fella. I just went ahead and walked across the pond. God going to have to help me with that. I didn't, hey, it didn't look strong enough to carry me. But I tell you this much, they built this unstable that didn't look functional bark for us to be able to cross, go across. And it worked. It didn't work for me. It worked for Michelle. It didn't work for me. It worked for everybody else. 60 people. It looked like it could fall with one person. But 60 people walked right across. Why? Because the gentleman said, oh, we've done this before. Here's the thing about it. You may not know this. I may be telling you for the first time, so here's breaking news. The situation you've done, you're dealing with, the pain that you're feeling with, oh, God's done that before. Oh, 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 you, okay, let me, let me tell you. You, 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 you. Here's the thing about it. You're dealing with un, the uncertainty of it. But God graduated magnum and summa cum laude. You're dealing with the thing about it, but if you go back and check his annual evaluation, he's passed every single year. Oh, you're dealing that it does not look secure. He built security. Oh, it looks like it isn't going to work out for you. He worked everything out even before you were born. So here is the thing about it. Even though it does not look like it, you still need to go anyway. That go anyway is still hard because God, now where is this path going to lead me? That's not your business. And sometimes we need to accept that that's not your business. I would be, I would ask my mom once, I would, I would ask my mom growing up, so what are we finna do? What are we finna go? That's not your business. That's for me to worry about. That's for me to worry about. We need to humble ourselves back into the ch- position of children where we say what God says, we're going this way. And you just say, yes, Lord. Because here it is, your fear is keeping you in one place where your faith will ja- take you to places that you've never seen before. And I feel on today that there are people who God is ready to carry them on a journey that they never would have imagined, that they never would have believed in, that they never would have saw. But fear paralyzes us because it does not look like what we want it to look like. But here it is. You're looking through skewed vision and through blurry windows. But at the end of the day, what God sees, you can't even imagine. What God sees, you can't even fathom. Because eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the good things God has in store for you. And your vision is blurry. a woman and a man who bought a home. They bought the home. And when they bought the home, there will be a woman every day putting out her linens and hanging them up. And the woman who owned the home next door, she'd say, oh, the, her linens are dirty. Oh, my goodness, her linens are dirty. They need to get those fixed. She needs, what type of soap is she using? Then the next day, she'd come back. 
baby, are you seeing how dirty these linens are? Like, this is a mess, and her linens look like this. Weeks go by. And like this, we're going to buy her another soap because there's a better way to do this. This doesn't have to look like this. Year goes by. It's so sad that they have to wear and have these dirty linens in their home. Woman says this goes on for an entire year. One day, they're sitting at the breakfast table. And as they're sitting at the breakfast table, the woman looks up and says, oh, my goodness. She must have bought a new soap. Everything looks so good. Her linens are whiter than ever. And the husband says, I know. This morning I went outside to clean our windows for the first time in one year. (laughs) Here is what I'm here to do. God's here to clean your window. He's here to clean your window so you can see a lot different. Because you're looking at the path and you're seeing it being crooked. And God's not looking at the path as crooked. God's looking at the path like this. If you go this path, you're on a shortcut. And here's the thing about it. Any path you go on with God is going to be a lot shorter if you go, than if you go by yourself. So go with God. Go with God when it's difficult. Go with God when it's easy. Go with God when you don't feel like it. Go with God when it's challenging. Go with God when everything looks ugly. Because here's the thing about going with God. You never go alone because God goes before you. God stands on the side of you. God stands behind you. God is all around you. As a matter of fact, they told me growing up that goodness and mercy, it doesn't follow me for one day. It doesn't follow me for two days. It doesn't follow me for a week. It doesn't even follow me for a month. But it said the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So it doesn't matter where I go. And it doesn't matter where I face. If I go with God, then God is going to go with me. And I come to encourage somebody on today. Go with God. Go when it's good. Go when it's challenging. Go when you don't feel like it. Because at the end of the other side, Jesus is standing there. Why? Because he already went before you. And if God goes before me, anything between me and God dies at the moment that he steps up. Because with his voice, men bow. With his voice, things shake. With his voice, things break down. Why? Because he is Jesus. Jesus in the morning. Jesus in the noonday. Jesus in the evening. When I wake up, he's Jesus. When I go to bed at night, he's Jesus. He's Jesus, the Alpha, the Omega. He's Jesus, the beginning, the end. He's Jesus, the El Anion. He's Jesus, the first and the last. He's Jesus, my keeper. He's Jesus, my help. I'm sorry if you're not happy yet, but his name is Jesus. Jesus, 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 over on this side. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In the back, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And if he's Jesus, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So what's my prayer today? Keep being Jesus. Woo! Keep being, this 11 o'clock service, this 10, this 10 o'clock was really messing me up because I'm starting to get too excited. And I should have brought another shirt. <laughs> keep being Jesus. Because if you keep being Jesus, the winds may blow, the breakers may dash, but come what may, I am not dismayed because God will take care of me under his wings of love abide. And the joy that I share as he carries me there, none other has ever known. Why? Because the journey I'm on is not a perfect journey. And it may look a little crooked sometimes, but at the end of the journey is the ultimate prize. And my friends, the ultimate prize is not a Cadillac. 
The ultimate prize is not a Mercedes Benz. The ultimate prize is not a big house. The ultimate prize is not the, the best scholarship. The ultimate prize is not how much money I make. The ultimate prize is not how great I do. The ultimate prize is not being having the best job. But the ultimate prize is Jesus. And if I keep going towards Jesus, I'm going to be all right. Why? Because everything inside of Jesus is already all right. Okay. So excited. Okay, we got to go. So we make the next service. The band is coming. Let the band come. This is not just a message for me. I want to encounter him because I go through difficult moments where I'm just not, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing, I know what I feel in my heart is going to happen, but I'm not seeing it. And my heart and my head go through this complicated place. But these people saw a donkey. And saw a man who was supposed to be a political savior. But what he wind up doing did not save a nation. It saved the dying world for generations that they would never see. Can I tell you, that same Jesus who died on the cross over 2,000 years ago, his power is still on the earth. And with Jesus, People can try, things can come, sad moments can happen, I can go through difficult trials, but here's the thing about it, even if I have to take a bicycle through the Niagara Falls, I heard a song yesterday about that, if Jesus tells me to do it, and some of you may say you're crazy, but that's how sometimes life feels. But if Jesus goes with me, I just haven't seen him fail yet. And you say, well, I, I, I don't know, Tobias, I have. I'm sorry, that's your experience. I ha it hasn't always turned out the way I wanted it to. But I always see God's hand towards the end. I wish his hand would come at the beginning. I'm going to be honest. I would say I would have a lot, probably a lot more hair, and I wouldn't be thinning as much. <laughs> Which is true, oh God. But I'd save a lot more anxiety if I saw what he was going to do at the beginning. But some way he has this way of coming by the very end and stepping into the fire with me. And sometimes I want to say, now Jesus, if you would have come here in the beginning, I would have been fine. But what about when he doesn't come in the beginning? Will you still keep walking? Some of you are on a journey with God and you feel lost. But let me ask you, are you lost or are you not listening? Because he says, my sheep know my voice. 
Are you lost? Or you just don't feel comfortable with the next step? Are you lost? Or what he's calling you to do, you just don't see how you can do it? Are you lost? Or are you just not confident in yourself to get the job done? If you're not confident in yourself to get the job done, great. You're in good company. But that's fine. Because you've never been alone. If you were to make your bed in hell, he'd be right there. You can run to the deepest end and he'll still be there. You can completely go off the path and he would still be there. But the only thing about it is, you'll feel that you're so far away from it and Jesus always knows a shortcut. When I was 16, a friend of mine and I were playing at school. But we had to be at that house by 16. 6 p.m. Now, when my parents said I need to be somewhere at a certain time, they weren't playing. They just, you know, it wasn't 6.02 either. It was, you need to be there at 6 p.m. And my goodness, it was 5.45, and the house was 30 minutes away walking. And I said this, oh, I'm done. I, I may as well stay at the school because what they're going to give me at the school, they're going to give me at the house because, I, I, you know, it's just what it is. And my friend says this, this to me, come with me, I know a shortcut. Well, on, and, and I'm like, okay, I don't really have a bunch of options because we need to get there. So my friend starts to take me through a path. And on the path is some woods. Now, I'm not an outdoor type person. I'm far from an outdoor type person. When I go camping, I go to the hotel at the campsite. I don't, I don't take a tent wet. I'm not setting it up. Not setting it up. Bad experiences here. No, I'm absolutely not. I want my water to run. I want my towel to be there. And please put a man under the bed if you want. That's fine. So I'm not an outdoor type person. We start going through the path. And by the time, I'm frustrated because bugs are touching me. All these other things are touching me. I hurt my, my ankle on a rock. And he said, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I keep going, angry but going, frustrated but going, tired but going. And in 15 minutes, we got to the back of the house. And he told you, I knew a shortcut. The shortcut wasn't convenient, but it got me to where I needed to be. What if the crooked path isn't convenient? But what if you're going to get to exactly where you need to go in record time? Jesus, we adore you. And sometimes we're confused with you. Sometimes we're frustrated. And we want to be great Christians like we never get confused and frustrated with you. But we do. Set us on a path and give us courage to take it. Give us courage to take it even when it's difficult. But Jesus, my final request, would you do us a favor?
just be Jesus. And if you are Jesus with us, whatever path you call us to, not only will we get there, we'll get there in record time, and the world will be better for it. We trust you. We may can't trace you, but we know you're already at the end. Thank you. Thank you.
is better, Lord. What a great, simple truth, but so hard to live out sometimes. God, your way is better. Thank you so much, Tavares, for that great truth and challenge just to trust God no matter what. Haven't you enjoyed his ministry? Thank you for being here today so much. A couple things before you duck out this morning. Some of you just in recent weeks or months have chosen to make Jesus the leader of your life, to be his disciple. An important part of the faith journey is baptism, to follow the example of Jesus. We are offering baptism three weeks today, April the 23rd. We would love to talk to you more about baptism if you have not taken that step yet, a public testimony of what Christ has done in your heart. You can let us know in any way you'd like, but one easy way is to stop by a kiosk or the Welcome Center afterwards and just let them know of your interest, and we will follow up with you on that. Again, April the 23rd. I trust that you will have a wonderful, wonderful Easter week over these days ahead as we move towards next Sunday when we come together to celebrate our risen King, Jesus. Next Sunday in one service, not here, but over at Mount Vernon Nazarene University at 10.30. 10.30. Our children ages 4 through 5th grade will meet down in the gyms at the Ariel Arena, Prince Student Union. They'll have a great glow party, and in the midst of that, hear the story of Easter, of Jesus coming and being raised to life and giving us hope. The rest of us will be in the chapel, in the auditorium, also younger kids in the chapel also with the nursery. It's going to be a great day. There's plenty of space for you to invite your friends, your family, those you've been praying for. As you leave today, there are a big stack of cards on the Welcome Center and at the kiosk that are like invite cards, just a hand to someone that has all the details if you're inviting them to join us. Make sure to take some of those with you today. Next Sunday, we're also starting a special series who is Jesus really? Who is he? That will be the theme of the morning, and then it's going to carry us for a few weeks in a variety of ways throughout the whole church. Our children, our teens will be focused on that theme. Our life groups will be discussing who is Jesus really, and we have a number of life groups starting specifically for that series. So if you would like to try out a life group, and maybe you haven't yet, or you've gotten away from that, we'd love for you to join with us and join in a group for those few weeks. Also next week, we are handing out devotional books for that series, and you'll be able to grab that at the chapel next week. I hope you'll join us in that very special all-church focus of who is Jesus really. Finally, I just want to say to those of you who are here for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. If you wouldn't mind, in front of you, you'll see a welcome card in the back of the pew. If you'll fill that and drop that at the Welcome Center, we want to hand you a gift just to say thank you from being with us this morning. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit throughout this holy week. Amen.